Today's focus is the Reformation. It's Reformation Sunday where we celebrate not the start of the Lutheran Church, which is what some people think it's about, but rather we're celebrating the discovery or the rediscovery of the gospel, that our relationship with Jesus is about having a freeing faith. And that's what we're going to focus on today in the sermon. And I pray that God blesses you, I pray that God encourages you, and I pray that God opens your heart and mind to what a freeing faith actually means for you every day. So let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of faith. We thank you that through Jesus you have given us a new life, a life which we can't earn, but a life which we can receive by believing and trusting in you. And as we explore this further this morning, bless us and encourage us. Open our hearts and minds to what you have for us as we ponder particularly the the gospel reading for today. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. A key verse from our Gospel reading today is John chapter 8, verse 36, which says, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. What does freedom mean for you? What does freedom as a Christian mean for you? Some people really struggle with this because they've been brought up in the church, they've lived a life in the church, and they've seen order and they've seen rules and they've seen ways of going about life. And then they hear this message that we are freed in Christ. Well, it's an important concept to think about because the freedom we have in Christ is something that really releases us from being burdened, but releases us from something good. So there's something um, I'd like you to think about, which Martin Luther actually thought about at the time of the Reformation 500 years ago. And it was this. He said... One thing, and only one thing, is necessary for Christian life. Righteousness and freedom. That one thing is the most holy word of God, the gospel of Christ. You see, being a Christian is about being free. And how we obtain that freedom is about being focused on Jesus. So there's two things I'd like you to think about today. What or who do you believe is essential so you can have a better life and a healthy relationship with God? And the second thing is, when you think of Christianity, do you think of freedom or do you think of rules? So those two things just to ponder and keep pondering about is, what or who do you believe is essential so you can have a better life and a healthy relationship with God? And when you think of Christianity, do you think of freedom What do you think of rules? Our reading from John chapter 8, verse 31 to 36, is about Jesus teaching some people, particularly some Judeans, which are some Jewish people in a particular area called Judah. And as he's teaching them, some things become obvious. The first is they believe they have a good relationship with God because of their family connections. You'll notice that they talk about, we have Abraham which is like saying we rely on our family tradition for our relationship with God. And this also means they tended to believe their relationship with God was dependent on their obedience to the law. That that their life, 
and having a good relationship with God was about, first of all, about what they did, that they lived a perfect life and they lived up to God's expectations and then they can have a relationship with God. And the third thing that slips in because of their focus of Abraham is that they believe that their relationship with God was dependent on them being culturally Jewish, about being Jewish, being Jews. It would be a bit like saying that you could only have a relationship with God so long as you were an Aussie. And that would cut off many people, wouldn't it? So two things to consider in relation to this is how much are you like the Judeans? How much am I like the Judeans? And a good way to, to reflect on it is ask this question. Am I ever relying on my family or other people for a healthy relationship with God? Am I ever saying, oh, my father or my grandfather or my great-grandfather, he was a Lutheran, he was a Christian, and therefore I've got a good relationship with God? And the second thing is, am I ever relying on my obedience to prove I have a healthy relationship with God? Am I ever saying that I'm not good enough for God because I've messed up or... I am, you know, I do have a good relationship with God because I've served him well, I've been dedicated and been faithful. If you're ever thinking that way, that's about that's similar to these Judeans. It's about saying, yes, I've got a good relationship with God because of my family, or I've got a good relationship with God because I'm doing all the right things. But it also could have the reverse effect. You could say, I don't have a good relationship with God because my family didn't. Or I don't have a good relationship with God because I'm not living up to God's expectations. But Jesus offers us an alternative. And in fact, it's not really an alternative. He redirects our thinking of what it means to have a good, healthy relationship with God. Listen to three verses that he says in this short reading that we heard this morning. Jesus said... If you hold on to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And that was from John chapter 8, verse 31 to 32. Let's hear it again. Jesus said, If you hold on to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And then at the end of our gospel reading that we heard today, he said this, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Can you see the difference? Do you notice the difference that Jesus is trying to redirect us towards? Instead of focusing on the past, our family, the traditions, the, us living up to God's expectations so we can have a relationship with God, he says, focus on me. Focus on me and in this case, about what I'm about to do, but we know what he did. He suffered and died for us. He suffered and died for you. So instead of focusing on the family and traditions and rules of trying to prove we're good enough for God, simply focus on Jesus. Because he's the one who has made it possible. You see, Jesus introduces the Judeans and us to a different understanding of having a healthy relationship with God. Instead of focusing on the family traditions and rules, he is calling us to focus on him, to be in relationship with him, to spend time with him, to rely on him 
for our life with God forever. Six chapters later in the book of John, he says this, I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And so even when we try to focus on our family and to say, oh, I'm a good Christian because of my family, or I'm a good Lutheran because of my family, or we focus on what we've done, you know, I pray well, or I do all these things well, or I abide by most of the Ten Commandments, even if we did those things, they would be totally useless for us to have a good relationship with God. Because as... The scriptures tell us, as Jesus tells us, the only way to have a good relationship with God is to have a relationship with Jesus, to focus on him and trust him and rely on him. You see, by focusing on Jesus, we see our true relationship with God. By focusing on Jesus, we see our true relationship with God. Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. You see, when we focus on Jesus, we are not just freed, but we're also made children of God. God, our loving Heavenly Father, says, You are my loved child. When we focus on Jesus, when Jesus is what we focus on so we can have a relationship with God. And that relationship will go on forever. A good way to think about it is think about it like this. Imagine for a moment you have been in jail. You have been in jail for 10 years, locked up, and then they released you out in the community. And they said, you're now free. What is there for you? Not much, is there? But imagine a different scenario. Imagine you've been in jail for 10 years and you've been released. And when you're released, there to meet you is your loving Heavenly Father. There to meet you is someone who's loved, who's going to take you into your house, their house. There to meet you is someone who loves you, who's going to take you in to their house, who's going to care for you, listen to you and help you and always show love to you despite your past. There's a big difference, isn't there? We haven't just been freed as Christians to go and fend for ourselves and do what we want. We've actually been freed so we can have this ongoing relationship with God forever and ever and ever. A relationship that begins on this earth but continues for eternity. Someone said it like this. There's two ways to look at our relationship with God. One is, when I mess up, without Jesus, I run from God or I try harder and avoid God until I get everything right because I am scared that God will punish me or even abandon me. And that's a little bit like how the Judeans approach life and that's a little bit like how a lot of people think about God. That I need to avoid God because I haven't got everything right or it's not perfect and he may actually punish me or condemn me or make fun of me. And yet when we focus on Jesus, there's another way to look at life and that is when I mess up. With Jesus, I run to God 
because I know God is my loving and forgiving Heavenly Father, the one who will help me and encourage me. And that's the gospel. And that's what Luther was so focused on at the Reformation when he discovered that that changed his whole outlook on life. Instead of being so focused on working hard to prove to God that he was good enough and that every time he spent time confessing his sins, he always felt he had not done enough. His whole focus moved from that to a focus on God loves me and forgives me, not because of what I've done, but because I need his love and grace and mercy. And the same is for you and me and everybody else in the world. So just to digress a little bit, so what does this mean for family and traditions? Some Christians who grasp the gospel will throw out family and traditions altogether. But if we look deeper in scripture, that's not what scripture says to do with those things. What it does highlight in Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, Paul writing to the church in Galatia reminds them that if you have a relationship with Abraham, there's a little bit more to come, and that's having a relationship with Jesus. It says something like this, that in Christ you have Abraham. And so when you think of family and traditions, when you think of your life in the church and the people who have helped you in the church, when you think of the church the Lutheran Church or another denomination that you maybe have been part of. Think about how it has helped you to connect with Jesus. And that's the good parts of the church. It's the good parts of our family and traditions. They're things that we shouldn't necessarily throw away. And the second thing is the rules. What do we do about the rules? Some people love to say, oh, because we're freed in Christ, we can do whatever we like. And yet Paul warns us against this and Martin Luther, when he wrote Freedom of the Christians, says something like, um, yes, we are freed, but we are freed to serve others in the name of God. And so with the rules, particularly of Christianity rules, live them out because you are loved. And live them out in a way that shows God's love to others. Remember the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. And love others as much as you love yourself. So live out the rules not to earn love from God, but because you are loved. Because the rules actually can help, rules can help us build community and encourage others. But don't use the rules to exclude people, to put people down, to condemn people. So what does this mean for living out our faith? What does this mean for us now? What can we take away from today's message, today's gospel reading and put into action in our life? Well, the first important thing is this. Always remember you are always the loved child of God because of Jesus. Always have in your mind that you are a loved child of God because of Jesus. You may want to write that down somewhere and put it in your Bible. I am always loved by God because of Jesus. Because that's important. The world won't tell you you're always loved. Other people won't tell you you're always loved. But God always wants you to know you are loved by him. The second thing is recognise what is keeping you captive 
away from a healthy relationship with God. Think about your life now. Think about how it's going on. What are the things, whether it be an idea, a thought, whether it be some of your goals, whether it be the things you're involved with, and maybe you're involved in a lot of good things, but what you've done is allowed them to become more important than God. Recognise what they are. And then take some time and confess to God that you've turned something good into an idol. Take the time to confess to God your sins and ask him to help you to deal with it. I know it's not always going to be easy because some of the things we're involved with have become habits and they they appear even necessary for life. But there are a lot of things that can keep us captive away from God. And yet Jesus wants us to have this close, loving relationship with him. And the third thing I think is very important for us is that as God's church on earth, live to help others to connect with Jesus. Not the law-giving Jesus, but the Jesus who freely gives forgiveness and freely gives love. Because that's the message of the gospel. That Jesus came into the world not to condemn people, but to save people. And when Jesus saves people, he frees us. He frees us from sin, death and the power of Satan. He frees us to live a life of sharing his love and to share his blessings. May you know the love of Jesus. May you share it freely. Amen.